Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Will Nettleton, pastor of mission and worship here at LMPC. And this episode is a Pillar and Ground Connections episode, where we seek to increase our connection to one another as we stand together in community and mission. And I am delighted to be joined today by Jonathan DeGroot. He's here for our missions conference, one of our church planting partners uh, over in the UK. Jonathan, thanks for being with us. Hey, great to be here, Will. Thank you for the opportunity, and it's lovely to be here on Lookout Mountain. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. So Jonathan serves as the pastor of Christ Church uh, in Glasgow, uh, and I'll let you actually give us kind of the bio information. Tell us a little bit about you, your your wife, and your kids. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, Jonathan de Groot, my, my name is Dutch, so I may sound Scottish, but <laughs> my, my father was Dutch, and uh, my mother is Scottish, so half Scottish, half Dutch. Hence the name, um, de Groot, which uh, de Groot is how they pronounce okay. it in the, whole, in the Netherlands, but, and it means the great. No one seems to believe me when I <laughs> say that's what my name means, but there we go. Anyway, yeah, always lived in Scotland, a place called Aberdeen, and was brought up there and studied uh, theology in Aberdeen, worked for a while in the oil industry, and I am married to a white uh, Shona, who's uh, an English teacher, got three children, 17, 15, and 13. And we're based now in Glasgow and involved in church planting. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you come to faith in Jesus? Uh, how did you come to want to be a pastor? Yeah, I came to faith in Jesus when I was 12, going on 13, so teenager. And in Aberdeen, my, my mother was the member of a, a local church and she didn't go to the church. She said she didn't like the minister so she just stopped going and was still on the membership role but when a new minister came to the church he came around to her house and he did his his job well as a Mm. minister he said I realize to my mother I realize you're a member of our church but you've never been I've never seen you I've never Mm. met you um why don't you come and would you consider coming back and so the following Sunday, my mum took me along to church and I, I was there with a friend and, and his mother. And that was the beginning of her getting back into going mm. to church again. And the minister faithfully preached the gospel Sunday by Sunday. And so just over the course of a year, year and a half, two years, my mum came through to saving faith in Christ. And mm. she couldn't put a, a day or a date on it, but she just knew what she was hearing was true and she responded in faith to to Jesus as her saviour and Lord. And so she came to faith and I noticed a difference in her life. But as I looked around at the church, everybody there was, was old, hmm. had grey hair. And I could sense that this seems to be true. What this minister is teaching from the Bible makes sense. But I thought if it's if it is true, then I'll wait till I'm old, grey, and then I can respond to it. But I don't need to do anything about it right now. But the the, the minister had organised a, a trip to a Christian convention, and at this convention there was a series of meetings in the evenings for teenagers, and I went along to one of the meetings on the first night, and there must have been about two hundred teenagers who were singing praise songs and really mm. believed what they were singing, and then there was a a really clear talk on the cross and why Jesus died. And that was the time I realized I had to respond in mm. faith. And so afterwards went forward and, and prayed a prayer seeking forgiveness for my sins, mm. asking uh, Jesus to come into my life and then putting my faith in him. Mm. And since, since then, just before my 13th birthday, I've been a Christian mm. and followed Jesus. 
Beautiful. And then as you grew up, so you said you gave us a little bit of the history on you worked in the oil industry for a little while. How did you come to the the moment where you thought, maybe I want to be a minister of the gospel? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I left school, I went into the oil industry and I worked for a while as a, a draftsman. So working in an engineering office with mostly guys. And it was a big culture shock from, I guess, for, for many of us, a sheltered life at school yeah. and then going into the working world. So one aspect of, of the call to ministry was a, a sense that here were a bunch of people who lived for very different things in their lives, uh, money, sex, fast cars. These were all that these guys spoke about in the workplace. And this is what their existence seemed to, to be, is, is to pursue these things. And so it struck me for the first time that here are people who worship other idols, false mm. gods, and who need to know Jesus Christ. And so it was a, a burden really for, for people who seemed so far away from uh, Christianity, from Jesus, and who were living for the wrong things in life. So that's one aspect of the calling. The other aspect would be that on Sundays, my local church, the, the minister faithfully preached the gospel, morning service and evening service. And just as I, I listened and grew in my knowledge and understanding of, of scripture, of the gospel, of God, I, I sensed a, a, a burden for those who are lost and mm. that, well, this is the life-saving message that we have as believers and there are people in my workplace who, who need to hear it. And so mm. I guess I wanted to be better equipped at sharing the good news of Jesus with people for whom he, he was unknown or they did not think they needed them. So both those things, the faithful preaching on Sundays growing as a Christian believer, understanding the gospel better, plus also working out in the world. And those mm. two things coming together were my sense of call to, to ministry and to serve God full time. Not that there was anything wrong with uh, serving him in the oil industry, but I thought, well, I've always wanted to be an engineer and maybe God wants me to be mm. uh, doing something different. Mm. And that was what led me into to ministry. That's awesome. And when did you meet Shona in the midst of all that? Yeah, I met Shona when I was working in a church. So I'd, I'd studied some theology at the University of Aberdeen and then worked for a while as a, a youth pastor in a church in Edinburgh. And it was the church that Shona had started to come along to. She just finished her teacher training. She had a position as an English teacher mm. in Edinburgh at the time. And then she came along to church. And so uh, we both served together in youth ministry. Mm. We had a local after school um, youth group for for children in the area and so it was through that that we got to know each other and eventually became husband and wife awesome uh, so you mentioned uh, at our missions conference that you began in uh, the Church of Scotland uh, you're now a free church minister could you yeah. talk a little bit for for our folks who may not be familiar with the church uh, situation in Scotland could you talk just a little bit about about that journey for you Sure. So I sensed the call to ministry within the Church of Scotland. And when I spoke of my, my testimony there, it was through a Church of Scotland minister uh, coming and inviting my mum back to church. It was through the Church of Scotland that I trained for ministry. And then I served in the Church of Scotland for, for 10 years in, in two different congregations, one in Edinburgh, then one in Glasgow, and really valued my my time in those different ministry experiences. Mm. I was encouraged by seeing God work in different ways. But during my, my time within the Church of Scotland, at the General Assemblies, there was an increasing 
departure, I felt away from the truth of the scriptures, um, primarily in the, in the area of, of human sexuality, but also in, in other areas, the uniqueness of Christ. And at presbytery level and general assembly level, mm. the debates were always on, ultimately, the authority of scripture. Although there were other presenting issues, the fundamental issue was, are we going to accept what God says in his word and believe it and make sure the practice of our church adheres to it? Or right. are we going to try and connect better to the culture by departing from what the Bible teaches? And so that increasing sense of further departure from the scriptures was was what, what led me eventually to get to the stage where after 10 years and with another big report coming to the General Assembly on the horizon about same-sex marriage and other issues, I sensed that these are not the issues I want to spend my ministry tackling, yeah. addressing, arguing over at, at each General Assembly. So I, I was encouraged by what the Free Church was doing. They had a vision to plant 30 churches by 2030. And so I spoke to their missions director about what they were planning to do in Glasgow. And mm. after chatting with him and with others, uh, we, we came up with a plan to um, seek to reach unbelievers in a certain part of Glasgow, northwest part of the city, through planting a new church. And so I transi transitioned from the Church of Scotland into the Free Church and have been in the Free Church now for uh, four years. Wonderful. And so this may be a good chance for us to talk a little bit about Glasgow. For our folks who have not been to the UK, perhaps are not as familiar with Scotland, can you help familiarize us with the city of Glasgow and give us a sense of um, of what it's like there? Yeah, so Glasgow is the biggest city in Scotland and the fourth or fifth largest in the UK. It has a population of around 600,000 or so, and the greater Glasgow area has about 1.2 million and it's 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 eth ethnically diverse. It's um, probably you know, in terms of the the geography, around half of Scotland's population, about two point five million, would live within an hour's drive of of the city of Glasgow. Um, it's vibrant, it's cosmopolitan. I guess it sets the the culture of of the nation due to its its impact in business, mm -hmm. trade, manufacturing. Um, very innovative in terms of the arts, the media, entertainment, and also through through education. So there are five universities in Glasgow, and around one hundred thirty three thousand students. Mm -hmm. I think from one hundred thirty five different countries. Wow. Apparently, so really diverse huge mixture of people from all over the world seem to be attracted to, to Glasgow. Um, Glasgow is is also a city with lots of problems. It's mm. very needy, so lots of social problems. Mm. Um, I think Glasgow has got one of the poorest health profiles of, of any UK city. But the biggest problem um, in Glasgow is, is, is spiritual, essentially, mm. as in most places. Um, recent research when we were working on the church plant suggested that there were between 9,000 and 11,000 people who attended broadly evangelical churches in the city, which would be 1.5 to 1.8% of the, the city's population. Yeah. And so a really small percentage of people who would go to evangelical churches or broadly evangelical churches within the city. And it's interesting, you asked about a bit of history about Glasgow. The, the motto for the city of Glasgow is 
Lord, let Glasgow flourish through the preaching of thy word and praising thy name. Mm. which is a fantastic motto for mm. any city to have. Mm-hmm. And everybody, of course, wants their city to flourish. And yet, sadly, many believe that this isn't going to happen through the preaching of God's word. And yeah. yet our conviction is, as Christians, as believers, that it is God's word that will enable human life to to flourish. And so that, that motto has now been shortened to Lord well, not even Lord, but let Glasgow flourish. Mm. So just three words instead mm. of the, the greater motto that once was. And so Glasgow's in urgent need of more churches, diverse churches to preach God's word, to yeah. praise his name amongst the many people who are lost and who mm. know little or nothing about the good news of Jesus. And so that's why it's exciting to see that our denomination, the Free Church, is keen to be establishing new churches in the cities and the towns and the villages across Scotland mm. and Glasgow being a big place, then we want to do to do more of that there. Wonderful. You planted uh, Christ Church in, we'll say the Lord planted, but you were the uh, minister there in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it was coming up on a challenging time to be starting uh, anything new uh, at that point. Can you talk just a little bit about what these last couple of years uh, have looked like? Because at this point, you've uh, we use the language of particularization. You've, you've become your own full-fledged uh, church at this point. But would you just talk about what the last few years have looked like from kind of start to to now for Christchurch. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, Christchurch um, started, as, as you said, 2019, and that was when I was last over here at Lookout Mountain at mm. the missions conference then. And so it was a privilege to be invited over and to be able to share about what was the, the early stages of, of a plan back then. And um, I'm grateful to Lookout Mountain and the, the church and the family, church family, for supporting us, praying mm. for us generously giving so that we can really get ourselves established as a mm. as a new church in a, in a big city and so 2019 over here in in march time and then we launched the church in september 2019 so had a pre-launch phase launched in september 2019 and then covid came in february march 2020 so we had six months mm. of life as a as a young church and then everything changed everything went online and I guess the, the impact and the challenge was possibly less so for us mm. as a, a new church plant because people were used to things changing a lot. Mm. Um, we didn't have a building then. We still don't have a building now. And so moving around, um, times changing of services, mm. locations changing, people were used to that kind of existence. Mm. And so when COVID came along, I guess another big change meant that, well, people were just a used to adjusting accordingly and so everything went online and in God's goodness we we picked up on uh, some new people who listened in to mm. our, our, our YouTube services and I some people when COVID was over I, I eventually met in person after seeing them online yeah. at all our meetings and so on so God was good in, in adding people to our number even though it was a challenging time for us um, so since getting back into normal worship services again, uh, God's been good in sending people from other churches, mature Christians who can help serve with us. Um, he has brought people in who don't believe, who have, who have come mm. to faith and trust in him and become part of our, our church community and, and come to trust in Jesus. Um, God has been good in sending also um, other folks to help, like mm. Robbie and Lydia Sweet, yeah. who I know folks that look out to know and love and we're grateful to to them for coming to partner with us mm. to serve with us with a 
particular focus on youth ministry. Right. And so since adding them to our, our team, our ministry team, we've been able to uh, see that area grow mm. with with children and young people within church and also with the different groups that we're trying to get started to reach out to young people in the community. And so all these all these things together have meant it's been a not a straightforward or mm. easy road. But when we when we started we had a plan with a vision for what we, we want to do, which ultimately is to is to be a church not just for ourselves, but for folks who would normally go to church. Right. And so God has been in good and in, in growing our church and in bringing people in. And there's still so much work to do. We got to the stage where we could apply to our denomination to become a fully sanctioned charge, which means particularization mm. for, for you here in the States. And so now we're needing to appoint elders and go through a membership class Mm -hmm. and lots of administrative procedures Mm. need to be followed for us to move on to the next stages of development so yeah yeah, that's where we're at that's wonderful and you were mentioning earlier that the free church is wanting to plant more churches they want to see more in uh including in, in in glasgow so at this point you you guys are established and moving towards the next stage of life as a church what are the plans for glasgow as far as church planting goes from here for the free church okay yeah so the free church is, is committed to these 30 churches by 2030 each presbytery has a number of churches and so in glasgow our, our plan is to have nine churches by by 2030 and so in different parts of of the city and mm. in the presbytery and we're still still working out where the best places would be to plant yeah. and the challenge for us is is recruiting planters right yeah. now um the statistics for the free church in general mean that within the next 10 years, a huge percentage of ministers will be retiring. And so there's a lot of recruiting needing to be done to bring folks in at the beginning who may be called and equipped to, to church plant. And so it's a, it's a, it's a ongoing work, but the denomination is, I guess, trying to set good structures in place by, Mm. by developing a church planting pipeline. Yeah. And we're part of that in Glasgow. So, you know, recruiting church planters, um, the, the Free Church now has what we call a boot camp where mm. we try and get young leaders, those with potential who may be involved in church planting teams or church mm. planters themselves. We're now developing internships or apprenticeships with, with each of our churches and church plants so that folks can come on and train to see whether they're called and gifted in different ministries. The denomination has an assessment program where Hmm. those who may sense the call to church plant are assessed by those in in our denomination. Uh, We've got a a training facility called Edinburgh Theological Seminary, Hmm. and it gives great theological education alongside minister in training courses with individual churches who can take on uh, a seminary student. They spend part-time in seminary, learning theology, part-time working with congregations. Hmm. And so we're working on that. And then when, when somebody comes out the other end, finishes their training, then we, we like to give a, a church planter a coach who will coach them through the, the stages of church planting. And, and part of the bigger picture is, of course, fundraising, because 
the free church is not a rich denomination and so new churches uh, need seed funding seed mm. money to get started and, mm-hmm. and get going and so uh, the, the free church is working on that and then of course communicating stories of how god has been at work and how things are happening so all of that's to answer your question bringing in what the, the de- denomination is doing and also all those elements are what we're trying to do in glasgow and at Christchurch glasgow as the congregation i know there are um obviously challenges uh with planting a church getting a church started uh particularly in in a context that is uh secularizing and secularized what about the joys of church planting can you just share some of what how has uh, God been kind to Christchurch Glasgow the last uh, few years? Yeah, God has been good. And I think that the encouragements always outweigh the, the challenges. Mm. And we're finding there are lots of opportunities if we have have the people to, to pursue the different uh, doors that, that open to us to serve the Lord in, in different ways in the city of Glasgow. But the, the biggest encouragement has been seeing lives being changed through mm. the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, one example would be that one one lady who's, who's the mother of someone who comes to our church, she joined uh, an online Christianity Explored course, oh, which, wow. which we ran during lockdown. Uh, we thought, well, let's just try and have it online and see if that works. Mm. And she came along and she was prompted to come along because her, her mother had died recently and she was thinking a lot about what happens after death about Hmm. heaven and hell about where you go when you die about faith in jesus and so on and this made her want to come along to the christianity explored course to to find out more and i think it was the first time that she'd seriously looked into the bible or studied it or thought deeply about jesus and so she was making new discoveries and learning new things as we opened up the gospel of mark on on Wednesday nights on Zoom, she was discovering new things that she'd never learned before or or thought about. And she asked lots of questions and loved hearing more about Jesus. And so when the church opened in person, she came along to the in-person services and continued to ask questions. I could tell in preaching that she was listening intently and God was, was clearly at work in her life. And then over time, she came to grasp the message of Jesus and put her faith in him. Mm. is now part of her church and part of her uh, community groups. And she is keen to share her faith in Jesus and, and talk openly about him with, with those she knows. And so that's that's one of the biggest joys. And that's one example of just seeing somebody coming from nowhere, showing slight interest, coming around the church, getting to, to know some of the people who are Christians, uh, opening up the Bible, mm. exploring it, uh, asking questions, finding help, and those questions being answered, and then seeing a, a living, worshipping community, and then being part of that, and um, being loved by by that community, and then ultimately coming to, to faith in Jesus. And so that's that's been the biggest encouragement is seeing that happen mm. and I'd love to see it happen more. Yeah. And that's why we exist really as a church plant is to reach new people and to share the message of Jesus with them. I know you know this already, but our people love to pray and love to pray for our partners specifically. And so as you think about the next, you know, five to 10 years of Christchurch and what your hopes and prayers would be, how can we best join in with you uh, as we seek to intercede and, uh, ask ask God to work. Yeah, thank you, Will. 
the main thing, just to follow on from the last question, would be that we would continue to have a, a burden for people who don't know Jesus mm. and that we would love those who are our neighbours, who have no connection with the church, who know little or nothing about Jesus, that we would be effective in trying to reach out to them. Mm. And so as a church in this next stage of development, we're conscious that we need to not just be a a come and see church where we run Sunday worship services, Mm. but we need to be a go and share church where Mm. we are actively trying to reach those within the community around us, those in our workplaces, those uh, classmates, colleagues, and neighbours. We want to be able to do that more effectively. So do pray that we would keep that evangelistic zeal Mm. going. It's easy to become comfortable when people come and numbers are bigger than they once were when you started, Mm. and yet we exist to reach new people with the saving message of Jesus. So do pray that God would continue to give us opportunities and we would we would seize them yeah. um, with with an evangelistic zeal another thing to pray for would be um, longer term in five ten years time we, we need to have a, a building or a home to yeah. call our own so currently we we rent a space from another church mm. which works out well and we're grateful to them but in time the opportunities are greater when you have your own space your own building yeah. and you can do what you want with it and so in time to come, it would be great if we were able to have a home that we could base all our ministries out of. Yeah. And and more personally, just pray that the Lord would keep me faithful to doing what he's called me to do, mm. which is to, to lead the church, to help see opportunities within the city, to plant new churches, and that I would be a faithful husband and father mm. in leading my own family yeah. as, as I seek to serve them, love them, and um, that God would use us as a family in Glasgow and uh, through all that he's doing, that we would we would give greater glory to him. Amen. Well, we certainly will be praying. We'll pray for Thank the you. new roots in, in Christchurch as well. Jonathan, thanks for joining us and for being on uh, Pillar and Ground. Thanks, Will. Great to be here. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Pillar and Ground. We hope you will join us again for future episodes.